guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Connections, Coffee and Confidence with me, Janice Fogarty. Today's episode is an interview with Hazel Urquhart, a woman who left school early and went to work in a paintbrush factory to earn money to help out her family. She ended up running art therapy workshops and a non-profit organization, and now, at an age when people traditionally might have thought of retiring, she's self-published a book called The Art of You, Self-Discovery Through Art. She's an art therapist, and this book has been getting lovely reviews from professionals and individuals alike. I know you're going to enjoy this episode, but I do want to give you a heads up before jumping in. Hazel talks a little bit about her work with organizations for women who dealt with sexual abuse, and also briefly discusses a personal experience with a possible suicide. These experiences contributed greatly to the creation of her book, And although I could have deleted them from the interview, they're indicative of the person that Hazel is and the journey she took, and I felt her story would have been missing a substantial piece had I done that. You can begin listening at around 20 minutes if you'd like to hear about Hazel's book and how she put it together, our discussion on ways to market it, and what she's doing next. Hi, I'm Janice Fogarty, and I'm a communications strategist and consultant. The Connections Coffee Confidence Podcast is for professional women entrepreneurs who have established themselves and their business, and they're ready to get serious about using the power of communication to surpass their business goals. On this podcast, I discuss everything from leadership to establishing a business vision to the intricacies of creating messaging, publicity, and more. I speak to women who excel in communications in their business, whatever they do, and get an inside look at how they created a thriving livelihood. So top up your mug and welcome to this week's episode. Well, Hazel, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really looking forward to this chat. 
And I know I did do a little bit of an intro before the episode started, but I'm wondering, can you give us an idea of who you are, where you are, what, what you're doing? Okay. Hi, my name is Hazel and um, I'm currently living in Dorset. I've been down here about 10 years. That's Dorset in the UK. Beautiful, right on the coast. Um, I moved in from a city, which was also on the, by the sea, but it's totally different. And um, yes, at the moment, um, I've, I've written a book and I'm in the process of just putting the book out there and um, it's a book on art therapy and um, I've worked as a counsellor for 15 years and um, the book came out of my counselling work. Can you tell me about your education? Well I left school at 15 with no qualifications um, it's just that I got bored with school you know I actually like school but I just got bored with it and my parents were a little bit hard up at the time. My mum wasn't very well, so she had to give up work. So I did feel like I wanted to sort of help them out. So as I say, I left at the time, I think the leaving age was 16, but where my birthday fell. So I was 15. And my very first job, which I actually just remembered the other day, was working in an artist paintbrush factory, which is quite Yay. weird, but I, but I actually remember that. Um, I'd forgotten about it. I worked there for about a year and a half. It was really boring work, <laughs> sitting all day, pushing, you know. I actually did get promoted from the hog hair brushes up until the sable brushes, <laughs> which was quite funny. And, uh, and the money was excellent at the time. I, I mean, it was really good money, but I just thought, no, this is boring. I can't stand it. So I then moved into retail. So I worked in retail for, oh, crikey, up until my 30s. I had two children at the time and I, I always worked part-time and while I had my children and um, my, my husband had a very high power job so you know he was the main breadwinner and I was just sort of mine was like my pocket money. Anyway um, when I got to my 30s I kind of sort of felt like something was missing. I started to do a little bit of voluntary work, which was um, working in a, care, a sort of centre with people who had all sorts of disabilities as elderly people, stroke victims. And when I went there, they asked, said, what would you, what, you know, what skills have you got? And I thought, oh my goodness. I had dabbled in a little bit of watercolour painting and um, they, um, they said, oh, you could do an art group. And I went, what? I can't do an art group, you know. Anyway, they were desperate for some, for this art group. So I started running this little art group, you know, and just gathered a few magazines. And But in, during the group, I sort of, a lot of the people had a lot of problems, you know, and, and I found that part of what they were doing when we were painting and drawing was talking about their problems. And I felt totally out of my depth, I thought. And that's when the first idea of actually learning about listening skills came in. So I sort of decided, right, I'm going to do a little introduction to counselling course, which was advertised locally. So that was sort of the start of my real educa education, is what I say. So I, I did that, and then, then I saw this other course um, that was a personal development course, because um, I, I sort of realised that I, I wasn't, you know, I just felt I didn't have the confidence. So I signed up for this course. It turned out to be... Uh, a, a sort of life changer in lots of ways but it was actually really challenging um we did all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff it was at, actually at the university of surrey and um, they had a, a department called the department of human potential which was uh, 
oh, it was, it was some amazing people, facilitators from all different therapies, different change agents, you know, and, and we ended up doing like three weekend workshops every Friday for three years, three weekend workshops over a three year period. It was full on, you know, everything from psychodrama to um, if, oh, primal dimensions of group dynamics, co-counseling. Yeah, it was just, it was amazing, but it, and, and some really interesting people in the group, you know, who are, who are still friends for life now. And, um, but really it didn't qualify me for anything. It was actually a piece of paper that, you know, it was a diploma in humanistic psychology, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't mean anything in real terms in, in life. But during this course, I actually, as part of being, they wanted you to do some sort of social action. So I joined, uh, um, a charity in Brighton called Survivors Network, which worked with people who had been abused in childhood. So I started as a volunteer on the helpline. And um, so I was doing this volunteering helpline work alongside uh, the course at Guildford. And then when Guildford finished, I actually did my diploma in counselling and I was still working in Survivors Network. Um, and from that, I went on to be the coordinator of Survivors Network a few years down the line. Um, so that was, and, and, you know, during my work Survivors Network, I did lots of sort of further training around working with trauma, working, you know, with abuse, working with conflict, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, um, I, I was pretty workshopped out. <laughs> So that was sort of, that's what led me to um, the counselling work. I'm having a laugh, actually, because of the fact that your first job out of school yeah. was at yeah. the um, Paintbrush factory. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is, yeah. that's crazy yeah. to think of how integral, like, art has become in your life. So after that, you kind of got into all the, the different workshops and the art therapy, and you've got your background in counselling. Yeah. And how did that morph into more art therapy and and leading you to create this book okay, i'm trying to think now where, you know where the point was really it's interesting because when i started my counseling work i remember we did a bit of visualization work and um there was sort of um part of the visualization was what what would you want to want to be in the future and i um remember drawing a picture of myself you know just to scribble and I was in a room of, with all these women it was women and um and we were painting and that sort of came out of the blue which was really odd um and that I think was the very first time I thought oh what about art therapy that's interesting but also for myself um going back to the course at Guildford part of I had a lot of anxiety in the group and um somebody suggested that I sort of draw this anxiety and I was like draw how can I draw this anxiety what do, what do I do that you know <laughs> and I did I sort of drew you know I don't know I can't remember what it came out as at the time but um I just started on this course at home and um doing all these paintings you know and and I sort of I found that that was a way of me expressing myself that I kind of couldn't do verbally in the group and um, it was a big part of, um, yeah, my self-expression. And 
in the course, they actually encouraged me as part of our end project to actually have an exhibition of the paintings that I'd done during the course. So I, I was able to stick all these paintings in this room like an art exhibition and people came and looked at them and you know and they were very personal I mean and actually in lots of ways very childlike so it was kind of it was I think it was partly my inner child who maybe couldn't express themselves and it was my way of who was anxious and it was kind of coming out in the art so that was kind of when I started using art myself and I actually went and worked with an art therapist um personally um, but their their approach was kind of quite psychodynamic which is a bit kind of Freudian and it didn't kind of didn't really work for me it was kind of oh my God, I'm not this doesn't sit with me it's, it was very interpretive so then I found person-centered art counseling because I trained as a person-centered counselor so um, I thought yeah that speaks to me much more because it's much more about drawing out and helping the person themselves explore the image um, and you, you're just sort of supporting them and you know sort of giving them a little prod so that was kind of my little journey with art therapy and I went on to do this person-centered art therapy course which was only a certificate but it was a sort of they do do a diploma but it was kind of because I've done the counseling it was a sort of support to my work um, and then I went on to do you know working with people with the art as well you know sort of people who I felt it would help not every not everybody who I worked with found the art therapy useful you know it wasn't for everyone the same way that yeah. it's like a dynamic model didn't work for me um, so, um, and the book actually came quite a bit later past that, really. When I was working for the charity, the, it was at the millennium, the turn of the century, there was, um, the, we have a national lottery here, I don't know if you have one in Canada, they had £2 billion to spend um, that they put into a whole load of different projects. I mean, they built bridges and, and they helped um, provide a seed bank, big projects, but they also gave a charity called, which is a national charity in the UK called Mind, which works in mental health, money to, to give to community groups for projects. So that, I became involved, a group of ladies who worked in Survivors Network, um, you know, they got the money and but they, they asked me if I would run some workshops. The whole project was around raising awareness of sexual abuse in childhood which is you know it's much more now um you know we've had a lot in the news in the uk lately and um but then it was you know it was still pretty taboo as a subject i remember going into a bank wanting to put up a poster for for some event we were having and they got they put it up but because it had the word sexual in the poster they actually took it down, you wow. know, which was, yeah, yeah, because they had so many complaints about it. It was in 2000. Yes, that was in 2000. Yeah, yeah. Wow. In the year 2000. Yeah, they, they had to take it down. Yeah, it was quite, quite, it, it, you know, even I remember we did a bit of, um, we were able to go out and shake our tins in the street, you know, to raise money. We you could, you had to get permission and they went out. And the sort of, yeah, it was, interesting you know the public attitude some people would stop and they're really interested but some people you know as soon as they saw again that word um 
they, they would scurry away, you know, it was, it was, it was almost like a, this denial. Yeah, yeah, anyway, that's beside the point. Um, the, so I, going back to the workshops, uh, yeah, so they asked me if I would run some workshops and I thought, mm, well, you know, okay, I've done this bit of art therapy training and, and I thought, yeah, I can do it, I can do these workshops, you know. And um, it was just an amazing experience. We travelled around the south of England. We went to Bristol, Totnes, you know, different places. I had a room. I rang the workshops for the weekend. And then the, with the women's permission, we actually did art exhibitions in those towns, raising awareness about um, sexual abuse in childhood. And um, the, the, the workshops were amazing. I absolutely loved them, you know. It was just fantastic. One, I remember one lady did this painting. Um, she actually went outside and gathered leaves and she put all these leaves all over the painting. And it was huge. It was a huge piece of paper. We stuck it up on the wall at the end of the workshop. And it was like some amazing leaf goddess, you know, on the wall. And, and she, she came into the workshop like, oh, I can't paint. I'm not creative. And it was just amazing to see that. So I just got such a thrill out of that you know but the women said to me oh we'd love to carry this on because obviously these workshops are free for them mm -hmm. um but we can't afford it you know and we can't afford to go and see an art therapist and I thought so that was when the seed of the idea for me was born um right you know maybe I could sort of take the ideas that I've done in this workshop put them into a book and um, it needs to be simple, you know, because I looked at what was out there already. There was a lot of quite the theoretical books or just art therapy exercises, but there wasn't anything that was like a, a process of learning to do it yourself. That's what I really wanted to provide. So that was the idea. Now, I didn't get around to doing the book straight after the workshops. It was, it was seven years later that I actually started to write the book and that was when I actually left Survivors Network and I had some time to actually do it. Yes, it was seven years later when I actually had a bit of space in my life. I had actually gone through a bit of a hard time because um, one of my colleagues in Survivors Network actually, um, she had a very tragic accident and she actually had a bit of a breakdown and she, um, yeah, she fell out of a window. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I was actually the last person to talk to her. I, I'd sort of, a few weeks, she'd just got a new job in the Survivors Network. She'd been volunteer for a long time and it was a paid job she got, but she, she was a bit like me as well at the time, wanted to do everything, you know. So she'd enrolled herself on, on a counselling course and I said to her, I think, you, I think you're taking too much on. And she started to behave quite strangely and I was actually getting quite concerned about her. Um, so I actually told her to take some time off work and the morning of um, the morning of, of the day that happened, um, she actually rang me and she was having a bit of a panic attack and I said, look, wait, I'm going to come down. I'm coming down to see you. It was only 15 minutes away on the train. And uh, I got to the top of her street and I saw an ambulance and straight away I knew something's not right here. Something's not right. What had happened is she'd had like a, a psychotic episode and um, yeah, she, she, you know, I mean, there was an inquest and it, it was, um, it was open, an open verdict, you know, they didn't 
that didn't sort of um, say it was suicide, but um, I, you know, I think it was it was a psychotic episode, which was, and well, you can imagine, I mean, the shock. That's you know, I, I can't forget that at the moment. It was just really horrible. Anyway, um, but I had to go back to work and support everybody else because oh, you know she was a she was a very important part of the organization she she was um yeah you know a lot of people knew her and so many other people so other people were sort of shocked and dealing with their grief and their shock and i sort of ended up sort of being a support a support for lots of people and it, it really took it out of me i, I got it quite burned, i got burned out so and I carried on, I think, longer because I, I had been thinking about leaving the job just before that and, you know, maybe doing something different. And I stayed in that job for another three years. And it, it, that's, that's what burned me out. You know, it was a, that was a, a hard lesson, you know, that I, I didn't take care of myself when I should have done. I did have support, but I didn't I didn't really take care of myself. I was too busy taking care of other people when I. Stop, stopped eventually I think writing the book was a bit of a sort of distraction for me and a bit of a you know it was like it was a way of me helping myself then you know to just yeah it just kept me busy it, it sort of you know it just gave me a focus and it was what I needed at the time and I I really enjoyed writing it you know it took me probably about six months to sort of just the hardest thing about it was the actual process. You know, it was a how am I actually going to how am I going to actually simplify this down? You know, make it really easy. And I had all loads of ideas, and I knew sort of what I wanted to do, but I, I couldn't quite fit it all together. And, and I had I don't know how, but I had a sort of light bulb moment one day um, about um, when we worked at Guildford, we worked a lot. Ex experientially so you'd sort of propose something then you'd act on it and then you'd reflect on what you had done and then take further action I thought actually that's brilliant why don't I just apply that to this art therapy you know and it just all fell into place it was really yeah. exciting you know it all sort of fell into place at once and I thought yeah I've actually done it you know for myself <laughs> so I and at the time, I actually got a little bit of money from a small business development grant in Brighton, and they helped me sort of um, get it proofread um, because, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the writing, you know, writing was was sort of easy, but it needed to be proofread. And they, I got some design work done. Um, and, I, and again, I didn't want I didn't want to put loads of art therapy images into the book because, you know, I know what people are like, they compare them, you know mm. oh you know that's it this is a wonderful image and I've got to do an art therapy image like that well no you don't you could do a scribble if you can get as much out of a scribble as you know elaborate images so um so I kept the the image is in the book very simple I didn't put any of my own images in I just kept it there's hardly any images in the book and it's tiny it's a, it's only 24 pages long um, wow yeah, it's, it's a booklet, really. So there's a lot of kind of quite, and I didn't want to go into art therapy. I just want, here is here is this process, you know, here's some ways of working with it. And um, the main thing with the book is actually a set of cards, which I came up with. Um, 
which are based on the experiential learning cycle. So there's a gateway card, there's an inspiration card, and then the reflection card. So it's a three-part process. And um, cool. yeah, I had hundreds of ideas. The hard thing oh. was actually, because, you know, I, I, want, I wanted to put like, 200 cards in the pack and the the business development lady at the time who was supporting me said it's going to cost you a fortune you can't do that <laughs> like, no you don't give people too much you know you can always do some packs of cards separate later or you know add on to it you know just you have to limit yourself here you yeah. know so I kind of had to sort of cut it down and choose which ones I thought were the sort of best and they're, it's quite general um the sort of topics that you explore in it and that they're, they're not heavy topics um people i do encourage people to add their own ideas to it though so if you you wanted to use them as a, a worker a mental health worker you can sort of and you were working with say addiction you could actually change the topic middle cards the inspiration cards to a topic associated to your work you know i really wanted this to be a, a book that people could evolve themselves the ideas so you know to me that's truly person-centered you know mm -hmm. that you can somebody could take something for themselves and then it can evolve for, for themselves um does that yeah, make sense it, yeah, it, no you know. it makes perfect yeah. sense and it you had mentioned like if a social worker was going to use it in their yeah. work, is it targeted towards professionals to use in their work or is it targeted for professionals to use for themselves or is it just targeted for somebody who wants to explore this as, well, you, yeah. you tell me who's it? Well, who's you know what for? it is, Janice, that's been my big dilemma with this. It really has because some of the, co the business courses I've been doing, um, they talk about you know you've got to niche down you've got to choose your ideal um customer you know and that's been really hard for me because the book can be used by people who are in therapy or you know want to just maybe artists who want to be learn they want to maybe start a little journey into art therapy but what i was finding a lot of the people that were showing interest were actually counselors who were fairly newly qualified or maybe a few years down the line and so I was getting a lot of interest from that area and I remember saying to someone oh but you know I want people like the women who in the original group this is who I want to talk you know this is who I wrote it for really but then somebody said well actually you know your students probably need help as well you know students may have a damaged past, they might find this useful, you know, so I thought, yeah, actually, <laughs> you know, similar. So that's the route I've sort of gone down at the moment, but, you know, I can change it, I don't know. It's just to put my, my PR hat on for a moment, like, don't yeah. get caught up in being so narrow in your niching yeah. i know you're supposed to niche yeah. down and you gotta have a target in mind yeah. and just yeah. because you target doesn't mean that other people won't be drawn in but you don't have to look at your target as yeah. professionals you yeah. could just yeah. look at your target as people who are interested in yeah. art people who are interested in mental health people who are interested yeah. in holistic yeah. wellness yes, yes i can see that yeah. as such a yeah. such a great avenue to go down like people who are just interested in investing in themselves and their own yes. self-care not yeah. even looking yeah. at it from like a mental health specific mindset yeah. but just yeah. of general wellness 
Yes, yes, that's that's good advice. It, it, it's tricky because, like I say, coming into the social media kind of world and speaking to these experts, you know, on Instagram and experts on Pinterest and experts on Facebook, it's interesting. A lot of them are saying the same thing, you know, you've got yeah. a niche down, you've got a niche down, you know. So there is a pressure there to kind of follow their advice, you know, and um, sometimes I do... Um, sort of sit and think why don't I just do my own thing <laughs> why do why do I have to follow this advice if if my thing fails you know or d- doesn't work I can still I've still got this advice I can use you know but there's a, you, you doubt yourself don't you about oh my um, gosh yes <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, again, going back to, we're going human back, going back to that self-doubt thing um yeah you know I, I think because I didn't use social media I think I have to follow all these experts you know and, and uh, yeah it, it, it it's I'm starting to feel like no you know what it is I'm just going to start putting down what I want and see being more real and being more genuine and hopefully that'll speak to people you know oh, I don't gosh yes. I'm not I'm not a salesy person I'm not a you know, I can only do me really <laughs> and that is all that you actually should do and I don't like to use the word should but that's what you should do (laughs) is just be you because you know you created this book out of your heart and your experiences you worked through it in your own personal life you you know that this is helpful and you have seen the results and we will get into that you know, in in a couple of minutes about the progress that you've made with the book, but you know, it's good. And you know, it is going to help people. And that's what you hold on to. And I always think like, it's fantastic to get advice from people like the experts and, and take it on board and let it roll around in your head and find how that suits you. I have episodes that talk about niching down and I do believe in that. But what I don't believe is in being so rigid in the way you apply a niche. I don't think it has to be your one ideal person because that like, no, that, that is too narrow. You're going to have groups of people and they're going to look different and they're going to sound different and they're going to do different things with their lives. But they're going to have similar interests and it's the interests that you want to talk to, that you want to appeal to. Yes. It's yeah, not sure. the, that it's not the person and you will make that connection by exactly being yourself because, because you're the creator, yeah, you know, but, there's, there yeah. is no better salesperson than you and don't think of it as selling. Think of it as continuing on your work as helping yeah. because yes, you created yes. this to help. Yeah. I've gone off yeah, on a, on a pep talk. Yeah. So I apologize, no, but <laughs> honestly, that's great. Honestly, that's really good advice. That is really good advice because I, yeah, especially over this week, I think, um, cause I, I am doing this course. Um, it, it, I felt a lot, I have felt pre- pressure to yeah. be, something that I don't feel I am so that is really good advice thank you (laughs) yeah no you if you aren't comfortable then that's going to come off in whatever you manage to do and you won't do as much as you would if you were doing it from the gut yeah you know like 
I really feel if you just, and this, this is my personal thing, but I feel like if you get your messaging straight, everything comes from that because you know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it's just a matter of saying it. And then you say it in the way that you're comfortable saying it in the places you're comfortable talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and it feels so much more authentic and genuine. And yes. so it makes a better connection yes. because yeah. it's, it's real. Yeah, it's coming from the heart. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I'm start. That's that's really starting to bubble up in me. You know that that sort of um, idea that yeah, I I'm, don't have to be something I'm not. You know, just nope. because this is what these people are teaching me. So yeah, that's sort of it's great. That's actually reminds me of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you still like there's there's still strategy around it, yeah. but as long as you're saying the same things, as long as you are repeating things that come from your heart that you fully believe in, your strategy flows out of that. Yeah, yes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So when you... What I love about your story is that your book has kind of come full circle. So tell me about what happened. I, I feel like it was kind of recently with your book and getting accepted. Um, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Interesting, isn't it? We're talking about validation because, yeah. like I said, when I first, um, when I sold the first copy, I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, are people going to think it's terrible? And then... Um, I was just approached, I was chatting. I went to the um, person set a website, which I was a member of, I've been a member of, and um, I just sort of was 
celebrating the fact that I'd actually published the book, you know, got it published and um, I've self-published um, and that that's a route I chose to go down. And um, I was actually talking about the course because this person said, I said, I did this course, it was great. It was really great for me. Um, I was sort of supporting them and, you know, getting more students really. And, and I said, and this is what's happened. I've written a book, da, da, da. And the director must have read the post and she sort of approached me and said, um, do you want me to re review the book? And I thought, oh, yeah, believe me, great, you know. Um, and she said, if I like it, I put it in our membership pack, you know, not saying people might buy it, but it'll be in there. And I'd put it to the, on the student reading list. And I was like, oh my God, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, that was what I was like, oh. Um, they, um, and she I sent her a copy and I waited like, I think about six weeks. <laughs> and every day I was looking at my emails and looking at my messages and I was like, you know, and I was going, oh no, she hates it. Oh no, it's, you know, every all this was coming up inside me, you know, oh, she probably thinks what a load of rubbish. It was ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. Um, not, you know, not sort of keeping hold of my own sort of, because all the time I'd say, I think it's great. I think this book is brilliant. You know, it's really <laughs> of course you do. But then, as soon as I handed it over to this director and the person sent it Art Creative Arts Association, I was like, "Oh no!" Uh, but actually, she came back to me and she loved it. I mean, she loved it. She said, "She says I'm gonna." She really said what she said was, "I really want to honor your work," and that was actually really, actually, that made me cr nearly cry. It was yeah, just amazing. Beautiful. It was a lovely thing to say. She said, "You put, I can see you put a lot of work into it. I mean, I mainly had to sort of um, update a few things. She asked me, there was a couple of cards that had a sort of a reference to an angel. Um, one of them had a reference to an angel and she thought, you know, we need to be really PC these days. And so I changed it to something else. So, Otherwise, she loved it. She loved the process. She loved the concept. She did think it was person because what I was a bit worried that it wasn't person centered um, because there is a bit of direction in it, mm -hmm. which is sort of not not um, person centered, fully person centered. But um, she saw that you know the the question part, reflecting part of it was based on person centered principles. So uh, so yeah, um, to cut a long story short, she's it's on the list. The, the students have started this week for this course and the, and the membership pack goes out in May. Yeah, I mean, that that is, I mean, yeah, that's amazing for me. It really is just a great, and it, it's good. I know it's, I shouldn't think like this, but it does give a bit of credibility to the book, you know. Um, Hold on, I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> you absolutely should be thinking of that because, yes, yes, yeah, because yeah. you want, you want that book yeah, into the hands yeah. of users right yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah take that yeah, credibility and yes, i know yeah. i was making a note to myself to remind yeah. you like yeah. when people give you reviews like that yeah. you log them away and that comes up in your social media yeah. and yes. not just once yes. like you yes. pull that out yeah. every couple yeah. of weeks or yeah. yeah every couple yeah. of days might be a bit much yeah. but every couple of weeks you pull those out and you post yeah. them up and yeah. say you know i was i love this look at this isn't yeah. this awesome yeah. Yeah. untouched and i want you to be yeah. too so buy my book yeah. yes yes well, <laughs> well I, I mean i have at the moment i've i mean i've sold 20 copies and i'm, I'm amazed fantastic 
I know, and that's just since the 1st of March, and that's just, you know, not really trying, really. Yeah. Um, and it's not to friends and family, it's to total strangers. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that is the critical point, isn't it? It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know that person, and they bought my thing. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was lovely that, um, and, and so far, you know, people have been, excited to get the hands on it and excited to try it and I've actually made sure that every person who I've sent it to I've actually said look I am actually going to contact you I hope that's okay just to see how you're getting on with it because that's feedback for me you know um just to know if it's if it's working it's it's a continuing process you know and and I've also got because I I was limited to the amount of cards I've also got like a little bonus to send people a bit further down the line which is more of the question side of it so they can sort of have you know that's another thing that they can use more of and would you perhaps use that um as an incentive for someone to leave you a review or I could do, yeah. Are you building an email list? No, I've just been, I've just been. I'm I'm just going to bombard you now. (laughs) No, no, I'm not. I've just been, I've just been sort of thinking about that. That's another thing on my list of things. People saying, actually, you know, you you, you do not need to, because that's yours. That's, you can own that, keep that for yourself. Obviously, I've kept all the addresses, but I haven't sort of, I haven't really been including an email in my social media, so I need to get onto that and see how I can mm-hmm. kind of do that. Um, Absolutely, because yeah. those are the people then that when you create your second deck of cards or your <laughs> third deck of cards, those are the people that you sell yeah. it to first. Yes, yes. You know, yes, and then you get the social yes. proof from them, yes. like the, the reviews and the quotes, and that fuels your ability to sell it to a wider audience yeah. again. <laughs> great. All these great ideas you're giving me. <laughs> I know. I, Sorry, um, go on. No, I was, well, I was going to say, I mean, my other big idea, and it's part of the way I want to go, uh, because I am getting I feel I'm sort of officially going to be a pensioner next year. Go um, away. The, the, age, the age of the UK changed. I mean, I was supposed to get my pension at 60, but they changed the UK rules. And now I have to wait six years. There's been a huge campaign in the UK about it. And, um, so I'm 65 this year. So next year is my official pension age. And, um, and I do feel like I sort of, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be busy, but I feel I do feel like I, I don't think I've got the energy to kind of uh, go out and run workshops, which, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. I, I, so what I want to do is I really want to recruit people who are interested in um, art therapy who um, will take that my process out and run workshops. You know, I can kind of get the sale of the book from that. That'll be included in the course. They obviously get the money for running the workshop because it mm-hmm. wor- it works. It will work amazing as a workshop. I'll just be there as a sort of bit of a supervised role, you know, supportive role for them. Um, not actually physically in the workshops, but yeah. But so that's that's a little vision of mine. Down, you yeah, know, going down to like license it out as yes. as a workshop. Yes, yes, yes. That's what. That's I brilliant. Because I feel I feel that again that will reach also reach the people. You know, if the counsellors or therapists are running the workshops, that that will reach more women who can benefit from the, the book. That's that's something. And, prefer- 
next year, maybe. <laughs> Out of curiosity, Hazel, have you ever yeah. thought about videoing yourself going through, like almost doing a workshop and having that up on a website and selling your book and the cards and your video as a package? Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> that might be an idea yeah (laughs) because that's one way to hit the like the passive income yes then you also have something that you're pointing all of your social media to yeah you know when you're when you're posting on instagram or pinterest or whatever you're linking it back to that landing page or that website that you have where somebody can then buy either just the book and cards or they can get the whole hazel experience with it (laughs) (laughs) i think part of the magic of of the work that you do is you so that's thank you thank you i'll just plant that little seed in your head well you know what it is janice when i was pulling the book out to to publish again you know luckily i've kept it (laughs) i could have thrown it away um the the i i actually came across the feedback from the workshops I ran I kept them and I was actually reading through them and it was just amazing and I remember you know them saying this was so empowering but a lot of what came through was it was validation for me and how I'd actually ran the workshops and how I'd made the women feel supported and and Reading that, you know, after a number of years, again, was just a really lovely feeling, you know, that actually, Absolutely. yes, you know, what was good about those workshops was me, <laughs> was my running of those workshops. And um, again, going back to what we talked earlier, it is all about being yourself, isn't it? It is. Um, and valuing yourself and valuing who you are and what you bring to the world. And that's what's, that's your selling point. So, yeah. 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 What personality traits or what skills do you think have helped you the best through this whole journey? Um, I think I think my main thing is I'm pretty determined. I'm a pretty determined kind of person. I've always, if I've set my mind to something, when I saw that course in Guildford, I think it was something like, this was 1990s, it was something like 3,000 pounds. It was a lot of money at the time. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was probably sort of a tenth of a mortgage or something. I thought, how on earth am I going to do that? I went out, I got myself another couple of little jobs. Um, I, I actually wrote to them and said, look, you know, this is my position. Do you do any bursaries? I ended up getting a thousand pounds off <laughs> the course. But I have that. They didn't advertise it, you know, because um, I'm always saying to people, make sure you look to see if there's bursaries because they don't advertise them. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. courses, they, they don't actually say so. But for me, it was, I'm going to do this course. I'm going to find a way to do it. You know, and I think that's that determination inside me to actually overcome things you know overcome traumas that I've had overcome um, problems you know like can't afford it or I haven't got the confidence but I'm like I'm gonna try, I'm gonna find a way I'm gonna find a way to do this and I think you just have to keep plugging at things you know you have to keep, just keep um it's the same with this book at the moment I'm, I'm like you know, I do get tears and I think oh crack you know it's a bit slow I haven't heard anybody and then I think no it's fine you know 
it'll happen you know just keep on keep on it do a little bit every day you know you know leave it go back to it just work at it consistently i think that's that's one of the most important things determination and being consistent with what you're doing um, and and not giving up really you know you can, you can achieve anything you want really um uh, you know yeah you, you can just achieve anything if you just keep that going so i think yeah. that's probably the main thing for me i mean in my work in in survivors network I think I was just, I think I was just so interested in people, you know, I just love people, you know, even now when I go to the pub, I mean, my partner, it's a standing joke because I could be the one in the pub and I end up talking to some girl in the toilet who's been, you know, crying <laughs> and, and people open up to me. I just feel because I'm interested in people. I, I've always loved people. That's just me as well. I just love to know about people on a deeper level I'm, I'm not into small talk and joking about I, I just I really want to get to know you so um that's another trait of mine I think that's sort of carried me through life and being it's, it's a value of mine I think I've always yeah. see the best in people I, I like to see the best in people um and, and really understand people because I think that's a lot of the trouble in the world today you know people just don't try and understand each other that they, they sort of pit against each other and you know yeah. if we can get true understanding i think that's how wars happen because people just they're, they're loggerheads with each other they just don't want to know the other the other the other country the other place whatever mm -hmm. and so that that's a, another thing i think is um really important is to try and understand people i love it <laughs> i love it what work has been your favorite i don't know if you can if you can answer this oh. one. <laughs> oh, i didn't tell you that I, this is beside, it's not beside the point but it's it's something that i'm quite proud of when i was at survivors network i did actually get a national lottery grant of seventy-nine thousand pounds for what? the organization yeah it was over a three-year period and at the time we were operating on something like ten thousand pounds oh so, so was, this was a windfall it totally transformed the organization and you know we were able to do so much it was hard keeping it going afterwards i managed to do it for about six more years replacing that fund but yeah um, i did it so that was something that i loved you know i i loved the this sort of um yeah getting raising money for the charity it was that was a really important part of my work but to be honest actually sitting with people and listening to their stories, you know, especially some some of the women I worked with, you know, I mean, it, it was horrendous. I mean, what they've oh. gone through and the human spirit and, and seeing those women you know, go from quite a bad way into completely transforming themselves. Not everybody, I have to say, you know, was, some people were actually so damaged because of the background they had. All you could do would be there, listen to them, try and help them support them but some of the problems were so great and so deep but when when i saw people actually transforming themselves getting out of a situation that they were maybe in and still in getting out of that it was just amazing and i had women i actually had women come back and work with me you know when i was counseling they'd, they'd gone off they'd changed something about their life and they'd come back six years later and just drop in on me can yeah. i come and see you for two or three sessions i've just got a little something that 
I just want to chat over it with you, you know, and but to see how much they've grown in their lives, you know, that was, ah, oh, that just gave me such a buzz. Just generally supporting people through a difficult period in their lives. Um, it's such an honour, you know, I saw it yeah. as an honour, really, just to, yeah, just to be there with them. And, and even the, the people who had difficulty changing or couldn't change or didn't want to change, um, that was still amazing. You know, that was still amazing as well. Just, I, I, I found it a real honour. And I do miss the counselling work. Mm. I do I do miss it, you know, but I felt like I'd, I did feel like I'd sort of done enough. <laughs> you get to a point where, you know, you feel, mm, you know, 15 years. Listening to people's pain is a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, I think you, you do have need to know yourself when actually this is time for me. That's how I saw it. You know, I've done my service. I feel like I've done a bit of a service. I can carry on doing a service with the book in a different way, mm -hmm. um, still helping people, but it's not sort of hands-on like it used to be where you put your whole heart and soul into it because that, that's the way I worked when I worked. You know, I was totally committed and dedicated to the people I worked with. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, that is lovely. Yeah. What do you think the best advice you've ever received is? Oh, it's very simple, actually, that question to me, because when I did the course at Guildford, we had this amazing tutor. She was there, Jill Anderson, and she was just amazing, so supportive to me. I remember, I don't know what it was we were doing. We had to do something. It was early on in the course, and I was saying, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she said to me, change that to, I am choosing to do this. I'm choosing to do this. So you feel like you've got a choice in the situation. You're not a victim. By saying I can't do it, I'm, straight away I'm a victim to myself. And that was just, it, just, it was just such a light bulb moment for me. It just yeah. completely changed. You know, everything I did, I sort of thought, whenever I doubted myself, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, I still do it now. You know, I, I catch myself going, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. No, you're choosing. It's a choice. You can't. You can do it if you choose to do it. So that I think was the best bit of one of the best bit of advice I've ever had. Really, and I keep that all the time. Yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah. It's a great empowering way to look yes. at, at yeah. what we yeah. face in our day to day. Yeah. You yeah. choose to face it. Yeah, you choose or to not. face it. Yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a choice. <laughs> And is that advice that you would give to others or is there something else? Um, oh, I've, I've told people that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a good one. Yeah, it's a, it is a good one, yes. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm always pulling things out of the bag. I mean, sometimes just <laughs> things pop into my head. You know, At the moment, I'm actually part of a, a group in Weymouth, um, which is a crafting group. And we have a little shop. We have a, we rent a room in a church in Weymouth. It's been around for about 20 years, this group. And um, when I came to Weymouth, I found out about it and joined. And um, there's a lot of the ladies in there who are sort of, they range from ages from sort of 50 up to about 87. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, some of them are fantastic. And we've got a master embroiderer, a lady who does painted glass. They're all very talented, oh. talented. Um, people you know crafty knitters and 
and it's great. It's a, it's a great thing to be part of. But you know, they all see me as the wise woman. <laughs> I always seem to be sort of they always seem to come to me you know for advice you know yeah I'm like oh I got dragged onto the committee <laughs> I'm, part, I'm part of the committee because nobody wanted to do it you know and now the chairperson who's been the chair because nobody yeah nobody wants to be on the business oh you know, yeah the, the committee side I mean we don't meet we only meet like once a month in zoom at the moment so it's not really hard work but um yeah I just seem to be the go-to person. I don't know. Just last week, actually, I saw one of the ladies who's who I, I work with a lot in there do a shift with, and um, she actually turned around because she'd been having problems with her son last year, and mm. I sort of went for a coffee with her out of time and did it. And she just turned around last week and said, "Oh, here's Lena Adams. You really helped me with that." You know, and that was really sweet, you know. So I'm still helping. It's just that I'm here. I go. It's obviously just in me, isn't it? You know just happens naturally yeah I, yeah I just can't help myself <laughs> yeah um I don't think you're gonna stop that no I no, think that's just no. in your bones yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and tell me where can people buy your book can you like I know you're on Pinterest well, it's actually, uh, you, yes you tell it's, me the, all the things well, obviously, the main platform is Amazon. Um, I have got it on Amazon. I finally got around right. to, um, I had a bit of a um, problem with Amazon, but I couldn't get into the description part of it. Oh. To write, which was ridiculous. So I yeah. managed, just on Thursday, I managed to get on there and change, get get some form of description in. And blow me, the next day I sold a book. <laughs> Yeah, there was, you go the power of a description so uh, <laughs> yeah exactly the power of a description so um so yes it's on amazon I've, i'm actually selling it as a kit on etsy so it's actually with it comes with a journal um because it, Etsy's more of a sort of crafting kind of platform mm-hmm. i'm also you know people who sort of or a part of the person-centred art association or part of a particular counselling groups that I support. I do, I am offering people a, a discount, you know, so if they come directly to me because I don't have to pay Amazon fees or Etsy fees, I can, you know, give that discount to people directly. So, yeah, so it's mainly on Etsy and Amazon, the, the two main places, really. And do you know what? This is awful. I don't think I actually asked you the title of your book what oh. is it <laughs> it's called the art of you self-discovery through art I, I feel like it's something we could all use you know it's been one heck of a year irrespective yeah, oh, of anything else in our yeah, like our personal lives exactly it's been one yeah. heck of a year yeah and it's interesting though how much the, the whole crafting and art thing has really you know come up to the yeah. surface you know people have been stuck at home they started to learn to crochet and and you know people who didn't crochet before have learned you know that they're producing amazing stuff so that people have needed something to keep them sane really about yes. stuck at home and and being creative is is a, a really good 
outlet it, you know it, it calms you it helps your mental health and it's been interesting to see that huge revival of old-fashioned crafts like knitting you know people taking up knitting younger people it's it had been starting to but this has really helped it you know I hope yeah. that carries on I you know I think, so do I I hope it is yeah it's I nice think it's see. I think it's a healthy way to deal yeah. with stress and anxiety and yes. nervous energy what yeah. what yeah. I've always liked about um like I I taught myself how to crochet in a similar kind of period where I was like I completely burnt out and I needed something because I wasn't able to sit still but I wasn't able to do anything either and so I taught myself how to crochet and I mean I'm crap I'm not that person who's creating something amazing. And I also painted my house. <laughs> but what I liked about those two activities were that the feedback was immediate. Yeah. Like there was no yes. delayed gratification. Yes. You yeah. did the work, you saw the result yeah. straight away and you could feel yeah. like I've yeah. accomplished something. something. Yeah. I did that. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah, it's yeah. really important. Yeah, like you said, it's, it doesn't matter what the end result is. Well, obviously you want to, you want your house to be painted. Yes. <laughs> but just, if you crochet a scarf or a toy or something, it doesn't really matter. It's the fact you've done it, really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. my, my main goal too is I paint as, as well flowers <laughs> flower painting them. so that's that's part of the craft collected i'm we've got a few artists in there and i'm i'm one of the artists well you know i'm not really an artist but you know <laughs> you are you well, are an artist i've I'm, seen I'm, your I'm, pictures <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 okay i'm okay but I, yeah i just enjoy it i find it you know i actually paint with my fingers a lot i slap really? my fingers in the paint yeah um because I paint flowers, I want to kind of, I want to get like a 3D effect and I find I just can't do it with the brush. So I actually, I mean, I end up covered in paint. I bet. <laughs> I'm like, I've got like rainbow fingers, you know, for, for like days on end, get, trying to get it off. Um, but yeah, I just love it. Just, it's, it's something so satisfying, just slap your fingers in the paint and spread it on the canvas. And yeah, I, that's the way I paint. I do use a brush as well, but I do use my hands a lot initially it's yeah. just really hands-on and it? it's really i just find it really therapeutic and and, and again when people buy my pa i don't sell them for a lot of money i mean i think i think the, the most i've sold one is 100 pound which is still a lot of money to me yep but you know, compared to some artists i know and but for me it's not about the money the painting it's about my creative outlet and it's also about giving people pleasure because it's lovely you know somebody looks at my painting and when I've been in there when they bought one because I'm not always there you know oh it's just lovely you know you can see that it gives people pleasure they love it they want to hang it on their wall in their home I've had some, one woman who bought about four of my paintings and evidently they're all down her hallway and I just, I just think that's oh. fantastic you know that for me is gives me a buzz that I'm actually hanging on some of my paintings hanging on someone's wall so but that's my creative outlet and it's been I haven't done as much of it during the lockdown because I've been well you've been um, writing a book writing a book <laughs> yeah and, and learning about social media but um it it's so therapeutic you know so <laughs> I think it's fantastic and I appreciate all the work that you've put into getting to this point and and creating this book I think it's going to help a lot of people and I really appreciate you taking the time 
to share all of this with me and with my listeners today. Thank you so much, Hazel. Well, thank you, Janice. It's been great. Really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening this week. I invite you to sign up for my email list or join me in the Connections Coffee and Confidence community on Facebook. Those are the people who get first dibs on any classes or products I create and they benefit from the extras I can't get into in a podcast format. I also lovingly request that if you've enjoyed this podcast, you leave a review on Apple. When I see a new review, I get so excited I almost spill my cappuccino froth. Almost. And if you're a woman entrepreneur who's ready to get serious about using the power of communications to grow your business, send me an email at Janice at JaniceFogarty.com. All my details are in the show notes. Thank you again for listening today, and I'll chat with you again next week. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.